Good morning. And welcome to this 9.30 worship service here at Ocean View United Methodist Church. It's so good to see each and every one of you this morning. Thank you for being here. And welcome to those who are joining us through live stream. We're so glad that you chose to be with us this morning and to worship us. We're, we appreciate your presence and it makes a difference. At this time, I would invite uh, Karen Edwards Ford. She's going to be our liturgist for this morning to lead us for our call to worship. Would you please stand? We come this morning to worship together. Yet we are all children of the same parent. Created lovingly by the source of all life. Different people, different lives, different histories. Yet we all have one teacher. Jesus, who is so close to God that he is said to be the living word that God spoke. Different people, different lives, different histories. Yet one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Let us all to the word of God, which is at work in us. Please be seated. There were a couple of announcements that I was asked to bring forth this morning, so I'd like to read those now. The digital Sunday bulletins and inserts are now available online for those who are joining us by live stream. There is a link at the bottom of the Sunday Sermon email that reads this week's bulletin. So please click there to see our order of worship so that you may easily follow along. And please note that offering boxes have again been placed in the rear of the sanctuary for your donations instead of our passing offering plates. PayPal and Vanco remain available at OceanViewUnitedMethodistChurch.org for online giving, and again, we thank you for your continued support. Now in your bulletin, if we will move along to our Psalter reading, which is Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. If you, O Lord, should mark inequities, Lord, who could stand? I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. And now let us bow our heads for our morning prayer and the Lord's Prayer. Holy Lord, the God that hears our hearts, you have said that you will be present whenever two or three are gathered in your name. We welcome your presence and grace in our lives. We ask that you manifest your glory today and shine your light on us. 
Through your light, may we illuminate the lives of those around us. As we feel your presence in worship today, may our knowledge of your divine mysteries continue to change and grow in our lives forever. In the name of Jesus that taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture today is John 6, verse 35 and 41 through 51. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Then the Jews began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not complain amongst yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me. 
and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so one may eat it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven, and whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. So this is the word of God for the people of God. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we give you thanks that we can be here today and worship you. And we pray that right now you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of these your people's hearts be acceptable, be pleasing in your sight. For you are our strength and our redeemer. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. It's been said that coffee makes it possible to get out of bed in the morning and that chocolate makes it worth it. I said, I say add a good slice of freshly baked bread to the recipe and you have all you need to make it a very good day. Anyone else here love good bread? <laughs> It's wonderful, right? It's a staple of life. No matter where you go in the world, there is bread. It comes in all shapes and sizes and textures. Here down south, it might come in the form of a biscuit or cornbread. Up north, a bagel. In Mexico, a tortilla. In India, naan. In Germany, the pretzel, soda bread in Ireland. Injera bread is a spongy flatbread in this Ethiopian. And in that country, bread is so integral a part of local life that people greet each other by saying, did you eat injera today? 
If the answer is yes, then the person who asks knows all is well. Anybody hungry for some bread yet? When you are hungry for bread, nothing else will do, will it? Not even chocolate. If you try to fill your hunger for bread with anything else, you may get full, but your hunger for bread will not be fulfilled. For most of us, bread may be an option or an add-on, but for many across the globe, bread is not a dietary option. Bread represents security of life. It represents that which we must take into our bodies to keep us alive, healthy, and functioning. A true story came out of World War II, which brings home the impact and the importance and appreciation of bread for so many in the world today. During World War II, the Germans forced many 12 and 13 year old boys into the junior Gestapo. These boys were treated very harshly and given inhumane jobs to perform. When the war ended, most of these young people had lost track of their families and they wandered without food or shelter. As part of an aid program to post-war Germany, many of these youths were placed in tent cities. Here, doctors and psychologists worked with the boys in an attempt to restore their physical and their mental health. These boys were suffering from serious emotional problems. They found that many of the boys would awaken in the middle of the night, screaming in terror. One doctor suggested that the boys' fears might relate to a lack of security. What could they do to make them feel more secure? Someone had an idea for handling that fear. After feeding the boys a large meal, they put the boys to bed with a piece of bread in their hands, which they were to save until morning. For children who knew the pain of near starvation, this bread represented security to them. That night, all the boys fell asleep peacefully, each clutching his bread. The boys then slept soundly because after so many years of hunger, they finally had the assurance of food for the next day. In the Palestine of Jesus' day, bread was not an option. For them, life without bread was literally impossible. You might have nothing else to eat, but if you had bread, you could survive. Bread was seen as the life giver. For the Jewish people, bread was also an important symbol of another kind of life. It represented the Torah, 
or the law and the covenant of God with them as God's own people. As a people, this covenant with God was as essential as bread to their lives, identity, and survival. When Jesus said, I am the bread which came down from heaven, he was well aware of all of this. He knew that the word bread would evoke strong emotions and response in those who heard. So he continued, whoever comes to me will never hunger. Context is important. So let us take a moment to look at some background for our morning's text. Jesus had just finished feeding over 5,000 men and an uncounted number of women and children with five barley loaves of bread and three fish. Afterwards, he and the disciples left and they went across the Sea of Galilee to try to get some rest. But the crowds followed them. The people thought they had hit the mother load in Jesus. He was going to be able to be their master bread provider, providing them with all the food that they needed. It would be like Moses and the manna which came from heaven. Jesus would give them what they could hold in their hands, put in their stomachs. They came looking to Jesus were the basics of their physical life. And the scriptures tell us they wanted to take him and force him to be their king in order to get these things. Jesus knew why they came. He knew they needed these basic things. He so often would have compassion on people and he would meet their basic physical needs even before he preached to them or healed them. He knew these things were needful. But more than that, Jesus knew they would not, they could not, find real, lasting fulfillment in these things. Only living in a life-giving relationship with God would ultimately give them the fulfillment they sought, and the transformation in their lives more than they could ever imagine. These people then were no different from us today. They knew the same deep hunger, a, a deep inner emptiness that nothing physical can fill. St. Augustine said, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. We are born with an inward longing to be in relationship with our Creator. We all have a sense that something is missing from our lives. They didn't realize it, but the crowd was looking to substitute physical bread to fill 
a spiritual hunger. So Jesus told them, and his words resonate down through the ages to us this very morning. Do not work for the food which perishes, he said, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Friends, nothing else, nothing else will truly satisfy us but God. God knows we have the tendency to try to fill this void with all sorts of other things, material things, food, drugs, alcohol, power, sex, success, accomplishment. We may get some relief or satisfaction for a moment, but none of these ever really satisfies. None of these ever really last. We always want more. You have to have been living under a rock not to know that the Olympics have been going on these past two weeks. Having lettered in tennis back in the day, I enjoy watching some of those matches. Today's tennis stars are so exciting. Some of you might remember the days when Boris Becker was at the very top of the tennis world. At the very height of his accomplishments, Boris Becker was also on the brink of suicide. He said, I had won Wimbledon twice before, once as the youngest player. I was rich. I had all the material possessions I needed. It's the old song of movie stars and pop stars who commit suicide. They have everything, and yet they are unhappy. I had no inner peace. I was a puppet on a string. Well, you do not have to be a celebrity like Becker to know that sense of emptiness. The author of the novel, The Eagle Has Landed, was asked what he would have liked to have known as a boy. Jack Higgins answered that when you get to the top, there's nothing there. As someone else has said, the echoes of a hollow life pervade our culture. One doesn't have to read many contemporary biographies to find the same frustration and disappointment. Boris Becker and Jack Higgins are not alone. So many people Maybe some of us here today, maybe some of us who are tuned in right now, look very well put together on the outside. But if you look deep within the heart, you might be surprised to find a deep emptiness there. Jesus' declaration about who he was 
would turn people's expectations on its ear. They wanted bread. They needed bread. He is bread. He's the only one who can meet the deepest needs of every human life. That's because he is life itself. Abraham Maslow was a famous psychologist who published a paper in 1943 on human motivation. You may be familiar with Maslow's theory of the human hierarchy of basic needs, where he charts our most basic human needs. The first basic needs are physiological, food, water, and rest. If we don't have these basics of life, we do not survive. Nor can we get to the next level, which represents safety and security. At that level, we make sure that dangers like predators or viruses are not threatening us. When those best basic levels are achieved, then we move to the level of belongingness and love. We can concentrate on needs of human contact, friends, intimate relationships, community, and socialization. Only when all these levels of basic human needs are filled can we move to the next and final level at our highest level of basic human needs, we focus on things like esteem, potential, creativity. These are the kinds of functions which help us move forward in our lives and in our communities as people. Living as we have with this COVID pandemic, we have seen Maslow's hierarchy put to the test and proven. So many of us went into, and still are in, a survival mode. We focused on securing those most basic needs. Remember how stores ran short on groceries like bread and milk and meat and sanitizing supplies, and of course, paper towels and toilet paper. The pandemic's threat wiped away jobs and businesses. Our health is still being threatened by a virus with no cure, and until recently, no vaccine. New variants like Delta are infecting and killing people nationally and worldwide at an accelerated rate. Perhaps equally as devastating is the negative impact of the pandemic on our relationships. We separated and distanced ourselves from our loved ones and friends and communities. We lost some of them to death without the ability to even say goodbye. Thanks to the pandemic, we have become more acutely aware of feelings of loneliness, isolation, depression, anxiety. 
Is it any wonder that the rate of suicide and addiction increased exponentially in the United States in the past year and a half? Perhaps hitting closer to home, is it any wonder that the average person reported gaining 10 to 20 pounds during the past year and a half of shutdown? Many of us turn to food, perhaps even to stress eating, which included the consumption of a lot of bread. It's understandable. Food was one thing we could be sure of, and we stocked up, and we consumed it in this country like bears before winter hibernation. Yet we found that though we may have been stuffed with food and drink, we were not very satisfied. Beloved, can we see the potential good news in the midst of all this bad pandemic experience? Like never before, perhaps now during this pandemic, we realize just how much we need life that Jesus offers. Like never before, we see how much we depended on others for our mental and physical and emotional health. And yes, even for our spiritual health. Perhaps we realize now, as never before, how deep our hunger for life, for love, and connection with God and with one another truly is. The good news is the one to look to for our ultimate fulfillment is God, who is always looking for us. In his book, Into Thin Air, John Krakauer relates the story of an expedition to Mount Everest in the spring of 1996. Unfortunately, some of the team members met with tragic deaths. One of them was an expedition leader, a young man named Andy Harris. The leaders had set a deadline for staying at the peak. Harris stayed past that deadline. And as he was coming down the mountain, he became in dire need of oxygen. He radioed his base camp and told them he was in trouble. He had come upon a special supply of oxygen canisters the other climbers had left for him. But to him, the canisters appeared empty. The thing is, the canisters were not empty. They were absolutely full of oxygen. Andy's brain was beginning to starve for oxygen. The lack of oxygen to his brain was negatively affecting his ability to think clearly. Andy Harris died arguing with his base camp. He insisted the canisters were empty when the reality was the canisters were full. 
he literally held what he needed to save his life in his hand. He just wouldn't receive it. As oxygen is life for our bodies, the bread of life is life to our souls and our spirits. Even as followers of Jesus, if we are not careful, we will try to satisfy our innate spiritual hunger with other things. We need life only Jesus offers. We need his love, forgiveness, acceptance, intimacy. We need to become a part of his loving, discipling, fulfilling, growing, saving community where we can hear and see and be the gospel. Ocean View, our church's mission is to offer access to the living bread which comes from heaven and which makes possible an authentic saving relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That means in order for some to receive the spiritual bread, they first need to have their basic needs met. They need food if they are hungry, shelter if they are homeless, clothes if they are naked, justice if they are oppressed. Sure, there are worthy organizations out there, civic and nonprofit, who work to fulfill these needs. Yet we who follow the way of Jesus Christ, and we as a congregation of Ocean View United Methodist Church, we recognize real human need, and we work heartily to fill those needs. We do it for our own congregation, for our own communities, and well beyond across the world. That's part of what makes Ocean View so awesome. So friends, let us continue in the midst even of this pandemic and into a post-COVID future which is coming, let us continue to feed on the bread of life ourselves. And let us nurture and love and lead others to the bread that is Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, let us pray. We're hungry this morning, Lord. Not necessarily for breakfast or brunch, although that may be true too. Deep down inside, we want the good bread, the fresh bread, the daily bread that only you give us. Feed us until we are satisfied and help us help others to feed on the bread of heaven. 
In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Jill and Greg. And now receive the benediction. Go forth in peace, freely given which, that which has been given to you, the love of God, the bread of life to a hungry world. And may God's peace and blessing and strength be yours. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Thank you.